This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest is Jennifer Herrera, author of The Hunter, her debut suspense crime novel, the first in a series. In this book, she goes to a small Midwestern town to solve the murder of three young men. She's Zooming with me today from her home in Philadelphia. Jennifer, welcome to Book Talk. Thank you for having me. What's happening as your book opens up? In the opening scene, we have a detective who worked for the NYPD, and she's lost her job, and she's lost her husband because she made a really big mistake. And that mistake was she pointed her sidearm at her partner and let a suspect get away. And she gets it in her head that if she solves this crime in her hometown, that her life will reconstitute itself. So her husband will come back to her. The NYPD will realize they made this huge mistake and want her back. Um, but it turns out that going home is not so easy. She has to deal with a lot of emotional baggage once she's home. But as it turns out, dealing with that emotional baggage is key to actually solving this case and to figuring out why she made that really big mistake. And the thing that I like about this book is that you have an unreliable narrator, but she's not unreliable for the normal ways. Whereas normally, you know, you see somebody with a drug addiction or with an alcohol addiction or somebody who has a medical condition where their experiences of the world are not to be trusted. But in her case, she's just unreliable because she's really human. And she's told herself one story about her life experiences to help herself survive. But that story may not be accurate. Why did your main character, Leo O'Donnell, return to her hometown in rural Ohio? I know she's going to solve the murder, but why then? Why then? Because at that point, her life, you know, was really at this crossroads. If she stayed in New York, you know, where she's living at the time... Mm -hmm. She doesn't have anything to do with herself, with her time. She's sort of, you know, when we open the book, she's listening to police scanners, trying to piece together mm -hmm. enough, you know, over the scanners to imagine that her life is what it used to be. She can't envision for herself a life outside of this, this one narrow path. And so part of why she goes back is, you know, she thinks it's because she'll get this other life back. But what she has to come to realize is that maybe there are other routes for her to take. You published a thought-provoking article recently mm. about who are the victims in crime novels. In fiction, women are three times more likely to be the victims in that little survey you made. Yes. While the truth is men are the victims in approximately... 80% of the murders in this country. Mm -hmm. Why That's is right. that? That's a really great question. It's something that I've been thinking about a lot. You know, as I sat down to write this book, you know, one of the first things you do, especially with a thriller, is you decide who's going to die. And the first vision I had was of, you know, a young woman will die and she'll be beautiful. And then I thought, oh God, why did I think that? Well, I was taken aback a little bit that that would be my initial impression. And so that's when I went back and started to look at, well, you know, why might I have assumed that a woman should die? And I looked back at all these books I had read and I said, well, it's because a lot of the books that I read have a woman who dies. And then I went back and looked at the statistics to see if that played out. But I think there are lots of reasons why here's a place where crime writers skew so far from the facts. 
you know, if we're looking at sort of the benign reasons, one of them could be that, you know, women are usually smaller, we have less muscle mass, we're quote unquote, easier to kill. And so if a woman dies in a book that widens the pool of potential suspects, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a big burly man who takes her down, anybody could kill her. Some people say that the reason that women die so often in crime books has to do with empowering women. They think that if, you know, a woman takes violence against herself and rewrites the script a little bit where, you know, at some point this woman, you know, the person who hurt her actually is going to be punished, which isn't often the case in the real world, then that gives women a cathartic sense of empowerment, of justice having been served in this fictional reality, even if it hadn't been served in our own lives. But I think regardless of the reason, we can ask ourselves what the effect is when we see so many women die in the page. And I think one of the effects for me is that it makes me feel as a woman just very unsafe. You know, you walk down the street and you think, oh, every, you know, every man walking near me at night is a perpetrator. Or, you know, if I'm at a party, you know, as if I have been at a party in a long time, but, you know, theoretically, you know, just feeling like you have to be on guard constantly because somebody is going to try to attack you. And so I think we have to ask ourselves what it's doing when we keep reading about so many women, you know, being maimed, being violated, being killed, and whether those are effects that we want. Exactly. So no women are killed in your book? No women are killed in my book. And in fact, it was really important to me to rewrite sort of the normal tropes about this. Whereas you have a a male detective who is investigating a woman's death, a beautiful woman. So in this case, I had, you know, you have a woman who's a detective, but I don't think she's, nobody ever talks about her being attractive, which for me as a reader was very important. I'm very sick of of reading about women who the first thing you learn about them is how attractive they are. But we do learn about her, the victims of, you know, this potential homicide, this potential triple homicide. And one of the the male victims, all three of them, one of them was a male model. He held for a Sears catalog back in the day. So that was uh, me being a little playful with some of the tropes that, you know, we often read about. I hope readers get from your new type of detective Mm. Your new type of female detective. Yes, yes. I, you know, one of the things, as I said, I was in grad school in philosophy for a long time. I was one of very few women and it was not easy. And I became very aware of the ways in which women imitate men to gain power. And I'm aware of that because I did it for a long time. You know, I, I learned to talk a certain way, I learned to dress a certain way, to behave a certain way. And all of that was to imitate men in an attempt to have agency over my life. And so one of the things I wanted to do with Lee was to have a female detective who intentionally did not try to be like the male detectives who'd come before her. And obviously what I'm saying about female and men are... um you know, not about every woman or about every man. They're just, you know, categories. And so one of the things I wanted her to do was to not come to her conclusions necessarily based on rationality, but to to really be in touch with this deep intuitive sense. Like I think so much about what being a woman has been about for me is about trusting my own intuition, you know, trusting that if 
I enter a space and, you know, something doesn't feel right. And I can't necessarily put it to words. Like I trust that inner feeling that something, something with the situation is off. And whether that's about, you know, someone else's emotional state and wanting to check in with them, or it's about a safety thing. Um, I, I trust my gut and that's something that I didn't always do. And so I wanted Lee O'Donnell to really be somebody who, who felt like a woman detective to me, who was very intuitive, very in touch with, you know, like the, the sensual nature, nature of being a woman, um, who also incorporated rationality, but it wasn't, it wasn't the mode that she went to first. It wasn't the first thing that she looked to, to, to figure out what was happening with a crime scene. She looked to how she felt about things. And so for readers, I would want them to, especially women readers, which I feel like so much of my experience being a woman is again, sort of being, being taught that the things about me that make me most womanly, you know, are the things that make me unsafe. And so having readers come away with the sense of like, you can be a woman, like you can be intuitive and, and smart and, um, you know, and interesting. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be unsafe. It means you can be in a position of power. You can find your own power through exercising these parts about yourself. Thank you. My guest is Jennifer Herrera, author of The Hunter, published by Putnam. This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. Thank you so much.